0: Love Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: Everybody's got a price.
0: Everybody's going to pay. <laughs>
2: hey, everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast.
1: out in the night out, you're tuned in to Wrestle talk 657-383-1521, we'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Ucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard.
3: And I'm Joe Lamb, ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts. Keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride.
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Alright, looking forward to another good show tonight here, episode number 339, and I am your host for the first hour, actually your co-host, John Haas, and of course I won't be by myself, as always, we have the maestro of the mic, Mr. Jeremy Karp, are you there Jeremy yeah, I
5: was ready to kick it off, but you know what? I love it when you get from behind the board onto the mic, showcase that you're multi-talented, so it is awesome having you join me for the first hour. It is a great pleasure, and yes, I am the maestro of the microphone, so
4: thank you for the amazing introduction, Haas. Oh, you're welcome, Jeremy. Yeah, I always look forward to coming out here and uh, talking with everybody. I absolutely love to talk wrestling. You know, it's, Always a good time when you get some fans together and just start talking. And, of course, if you want to join us, feel free to call in, 657-383-1521. And we'll bring you on to talk a little wrestling, too. But, uh, you know, before we get that going there, Jeremy, you know, we got to get started off the same way we always do, my friend. And that is to honor the best damn country. And that's America.
0: Oh, Oh, say can you see And the rocket's red glare Uh-oh, I'll make up for it now For the land of the free
5: You know I've heard that so many times and I just think one of these days he's going to get through it he doesn't never does I I keep telling myself it's not going to happen anytime soon
4: (laughs) sorry it always brings a tear to my eye no matter what you know
5: I I know you're the the emotional one out of the two of us oh who am I kidding I'm emotional too so it's okay buddy I'm here for you (laughs) so So, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm excited for tonight's show because before we get into high spots, I got to just let people know who we're going to have on the show tonight. I mean, we got Vertigo, The Cure, Rivera, and then later on tonight, we're going to have the Liverpool Lip himself, Earl Joseph. Two very talented Uh, men in the wrestling industry, so I'm excited.
4: That is one heck of a lineup, I tell you, and I'm looking forward to it. Of course, like I say, I'm here with you for the interview with uh, Vertigo Riviera. And then, of course, you get joined by Nightmare Jones in the second hour, and he'll be here for the interview with Earl Joseph. So, you know, how much better can you get with two great guests and three great,
5: great, great hosts i you know? Exactly. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a wonderful night. Um, but... Before we get to those interviews, oh, my goodness gracious, there is so much stuff that has gone on in the past just seven days in the world of wrestling. So I don't know about you, but I said
4: we kick it right into high spots. Well, before we get off with some high spots, Jeremy, why don't you bring us up to speed on our sponsors? Because, you know, we could not do this without our sponsors. Oh, you are absolutely right.
5: And – I hate to say it, but I gotta plug the very own Interstate 70 Sports Media first, um, and we gotta say the Esports Bar in Kansas City, we gotta do Painted Wall Productions, and you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I want you to do the rest of them. I wanted to do a second hour of them, so you kind of put me put me out of the nowhere on that one. I'm sorry, Hoss.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I know we have General Mills Transportation. You know, whenever you're in the Kansas City area and you're looking for transportation, be sure to hit up Royal Mills Transportation. Our buddy Dewan over there, he'll take care of you. Um, let's see. There's the one that's going to the arcade at the O' Park Mall. You have to excuse me, because I'm normally behind the boards. I'm not normally doing this. Uh, so they're <laughs> not exactly going through my mind at the moment for some reason. But uh, there's the arcade at the Oak Park Mall, which actually is going to be hosting the uh, WWE Watch Party for the FWWC, which is sponsored by the Talk Podcast. But uh, what do you say we get into some high spots there, Jeremy? It sounds like a plan to me because
5: I got a whole list of stories to, to share with you and the WrestleTalk audience.
4: All right, so let's hit that new high spot in music there that we got. Mic check, mic check. Yeah! All right, all right.
1: WrestleTalk podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to High Spots, where we pop news like glare shots. We talk shop, coming through the screens of a laptop.
0: And non-stop, like a runner sleeps of black blacktop. We hit hard, like chair shots and backdrops.
1: Like uh. a clock flash, like a belly, fly out ass hard. We up to speed, while they stay slow. Wrestle talk, podcast.
4: Now they know. We about to start the show. Uh. Right, that is some awesome music by DJ Money right there. Always gives us pump to talk a little wrestling. All right, so what what do you got got there, Hotspot Jeremy?
5: All right, so I got a few to kick us off, and I really want to get your input on some of these. So first, I'm going to have to run through some names, and then I want you to tell me, Haas, if you think you know what they all have in common. All right, so you ready?
4: All right, let's see.
5: All right. Kane, the great Khali, Rob Van Dam, William Shatner. What do those four guys have in common?
4: You uh, I mean, besides their big bundles of money. Besides the big bundles of money. You got me on that one because you threw William Shatner in there and, you know, that just that, he just doesn't fit there quite too well with the rest of them, at least in my mind. So, you got me there, Jeremy. Right. What, what do they have to tell All righty. So, all four of those guys have been
5: announced in the past week as inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame Class of 2021. Yes, that includes William Shatner. And, yes, that includes the great Khali, who a lot of people don't know if, he is deserving, but let's face it. I mean, when he made his debut, I remember The Undertaker facing Mark Henry, and all of a sudden, uh, Devari comes out with The Great Khali. I mean, fans were stunned. So, quite frankly, I think he made a big impact, not so much as far as titles and accolades or anything. But on top of that, The Great Khali was great for the international market, you know, brought in a lot of fans from, you know, India and a lot of other countries out in the Asian region. So, of course, WWE wants to capitalize on that. And oh, cool. So, what do
4: you think about those four inductees? Well, you know, that they, they all sound like solid names to me, you know, and I, I totally forgot about the Robert Shatner making appearances in WWE, you know, so that that's what threw me with him, you know. Okay. With him, I I, her I can never think of me up Scotty, but you
5: know <laughs> he had a, he had the good times with uh, Jerry Lawler back in the mid nineties. But he even guest hosted Raw back when they decided let's just have you know the Muppets, Three
4: Stooges, and Dennis Miller hosted as well. Yes, he did. That's that is very true. And and like I say, I totally had forgotten about all that, and that's why his name just didn't click there when you were talking about the others. (laughs) So, but those are the reasons,
5: that's the reason I named all four of them because it's over the past week, it's been announced that all four of them will be members of the class joining Molly Holly, who was also named a couple weeks ago. She was in fact, and also named a couple weeks ago, Eric Bischoff. So right now we got Molly Holly, Eric Bischoff, Kane, the great Khali, Rob Van Dam, and for the celebrity wing, William Shatner. Now I'm not gonna lie, that is a pretty stacked group right there.
4: Yes it is. It is a very stacked group and you know I think they are pretty much all well deserving of their positions there, so I look forward to watching that induction when it uh when it comes around. I am as well
5: because, and I'll be honest, you know, Kane, growing up, Kane was one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, Like I said, I've told this many times on the show, but I probably started watching wrestling around when I was 10 or so years old. And, you know, Kane coming out with the pyro and everything. It was the perfect opposite to The Undertaker. So it was was great. So I'm happy for all of them, of course. Um, So it's going to be great. So that's the first thing I got as far as our high spots. Now this one is actually there's I have breaking news on it. So for those those that don't know, Brian James, A.K.A. Road Dog, uh, recently suffered a heart attack. He's currently a producer with NXT in WWE, but I had you know. I have breaking news on that. So his wife Tracy James just put out today.
0: She oh, hold
4: on, hold on. wants to
0: give
4: Got breaking news. You know what that means now. You got to give me a uh, moment. No. out from from behind the boards doesn't mean you can deprive me of that job now. <laughs> that is true. Okay, do you wanna do it? Oh no, you you're the one with the breaking news. Go ahead.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I do you know what I'm not gonna lie, I do love that uh that lead in. Oh man. If I had remembered about it I would have uh I would have waited a little bit. Okay. Well now the hype is really real. So To continue, Tracy James, the wife of WWE Hall of Famer Road Dogg Brian James, provided an update on his health following recent hospitalizations. Quote, want to give everybody an update. I just got the best birthday gift ever. My husband has no blockages, and he's getting to come home today. We still have some doctor visits to take him to, but his heart is good. Thank you all so much for the prayers. I do believe in that. Now, how about that?
4: Oh yeah, that is definitely some good news there and you know, that was definitely worth the breaking news drop to hear that. You know, my myself one I am a firm believer in prayer and that, that prayer really does work and you know, that's that just goes to show it right there, you know, all the prayers that he got and uh now he's coming home and they can't find any blockages or anything that that is truly a miracle, I tell you. And uh I I've always been a Fan of his and everything, and so I' am so glad to hear it and you know hopefully he can get back to uh being himself and get back behind the scenes there and be the man that he uh he has been so just, absolutely uh, continued prayers continued prayers for him you know amen
5: we we continue to pray for him, and we are so thankful that. You know, it it, that he's pulling through. I love hearing those types of news. Positive news is the best news. Um,
0: That's
5: so. Moving on. This is the one that, to me, is actually probably one of the biggest pieces of news all week. And this is shaking up the world of professional wrestling. You know what? Pause. I want you to hit the. Hit it. Lead me in with that breaking news again. You got to do it. All right. That was beautiful. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the Wednesday Night War is over. Oh my gosh! Dynamite and NXT will no longer be competing against each other on Wednesday nights, starting on April 13th after WrestleMania. <laughs> Don't, like, and okay, if you want to get technical, Dynamite came out on top big time. 62 wins for AEW Dynamite in the ratings war, nine for NXT, and twice they tied. I mean, holy crap, it sounds like the Patriots dynasty of the 2000s. But I know these days ratings aren't, you know, as much as they were when WCW and WWF went at it. I understand that when Raw and Nitro went head-to-head. But I got to add this, off, and I really want your thoughts on this one. With NXT moving the Tuesday nights starting April, on April 13th followed by impact moving to Thursday nights. How does it feel knowing that every weeknight we're going to be having some wrestling program?
4: Oh, I know. That was one of the things that I thought about when I heard all that. I so said, we are going to have wrestling five nights a week. I mean, who would have thought that it would have come to that, you know, I mean, yeah, we're huge wrestling fans, so we we absolutely love it, and you know, but for a lot of people they're like, wrestling really five nights a week? That that is just awesome news, and it shows how far professional wrestling is really coming. I tell you, it it's something that they're going five nights a week. I am just so
5: excited about it because, okay. I'll, I'll admit NXT is great. There's, in my opinion, it's superior to Monday Night Raw. And although I'm a big fan of Friday Night SmackDown, I'm sure the stories, storylines, and whatnot can supersede what they do on SmackDown. Nevertheless, I will. Admit, I focus a lot on watching Dynamite every Wednesday night. But I'm not mad at all on the fact that NXT is moving to Tuesday nights which in turn leads to impact moving to Thursday because, you know, like you said, you were excited about hearing this news because as a wrestling fan, we win. Dynamite doesn't win. NXT doesn't win. We all win. And and both AEW and WWE win because more wrestling to go around, you know, and just think about it. If you had velocity and heat, Uh, One of my friends had said this earlier today, if Velocity and Heat still existed, you would have had Velocity on Saturday and Heat on Sunday, so every day of the week would have been some
4: sort of wrestling program. Well, and depending on how you want to look at it, too, depending on where you are in the nation and what television provider you use and stuff like that, you can find ROH wrestling on um, late Saturday nights sometimes. Yeah, we do here,
5: so you're right. And
4: on Sunday, if you actually tune in on Facebook Live or YouTube, you can actually watch School of Morton's 505 Wrestling. So actually, there is wrestling seven days a week.
5: That is very true. And then think about it when NXT would have a takeover event and then... WWE we would have a pay-per-view the night the next night so the big, i mean the big thing out of this is just NXT people don't realize NXT moved to Wednesday nights to compete against Dynamite it wasn't dynamite you know competing with NXT and almost right. every week aside from 11 times dynamite came out the victors as far as ratings go um, you know, and they, and the dirt sheet reporters would always put out the ra- results every week. And it was by a couple hundred thousand viewers almost every week that Dynamite would, would win. So the way I look at it, I'm happy that this war is over. I mean, it wasn't really much of a war it was more of a massacre if you want to
4: go by the ratings, but. Oh. I'm
5: happy now a, that
4: every company wins. But a new ratings war now begins. You, you realize that, because now, also, now NXT wrestling is going to be going up against your very own Wrestle Talk podcast on Tuesday nights.
5: Uh, oh, you are right, and we have a, we have quite the loyal audience.
4: We have yes, some great loyal listeners and big fans, so. Between I don't the know lineup. If, uh, you know, between the lineup. are a little worried. Yeah, between the lineup of our guests that we get and uh, our loyal Wrestle Talk family and everything. Yeah, well, that ratings war might not be over now that they're going up against the Wrestle Talk podcast. Of course, I could be a little partial.
5: Right, just a tad bit biased. No, I totally understand that, but you know what? I'm going to tell you one thing. We're not moving
4: anywhere. I'll tell you that. No, Not well. We, as far as I know, we won't be moving any nights. We may be moving platforms soon, but you know, that's just a bit of a, uh, a teaser, you know, that nothing officially confirmed, but, uh, you know, last week we did look at a uh, new platform, and we have been testing a new platform. So you never know what's coming down the line. There could be a few changes coming our way. Very true. So
5: moving on, uh, do you have any stories you'd like to share for, for high spots?
4: Or do you want me to well, keep you know, rolling
5: were, with a couple more?
4: Well, you know, you were talking about um, – at one point you were talking about the creative storylines and stuff with WWE and, and everything. And, you know, storylines have been a big thing here lately. And a lot of people have been talking about the writers and stuff. There's actually a story that just came across my desk just a little bit ago that another WWE creative team member has reportedly left the company. Chris Dune has reportedly left the company this week, according to Ringside News. Now, Dune started working with the company in August of 2016, and he has been a part of very notable things, like he worked closely with a lot of with uh, Street Profits and a lot of their unique promos and uh, and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how their uh, how the creative things change now that Chris Doon has
5: left the fold. Oh, man, that is, and considering how much infamous at this point, at this point, I'm just going to say infamous, infamous criticism that the creative team WWE has is this is just, making it worse for them. I mean, because to be honest, the Street Profits are one of the most entertaining uh, tag teams in WWE. And, you know, there's not as much creative freedom in WWE as there is in AEW. So what happens is you can tell when wrestlers on WWE programs have to kind of force their lines more. And, yeah, I... I'm kind of stunned that somebody else would lead the create team. And, you know, we're two weeks away from WrestleMania. Apparently, it was just about a week or two ago, Vince McMahon basically scrapped the WrestleMania card, except for maybe one or two matches. So we're heading into WrestleMania 37, another two-night event. There's little to no buildup on most of these feuds. The only ones that are really Uh, getting any buildup are The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Edge, Roman Reigns and now Daniel Bryan in the triple threat and then kind of Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre.
4: Yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, the way things have gone lately with the build up of the pay-per-views and you know, even really the quality of some of the pay-per-views lately, it's crazy. You look at that and now they're losing another member of their creative team it, It's going to be interesting to see how that affects things and, you know, is anything going to get better or is it going to make it worse? You know, some of the uh, – I'm not exactly sure which uh, promos from the Street Profits he was a part of. But, uh, you know, some of those promos the Street Profits did were quite memorable promos, so it'll be interesting to see how things change.
0: Yeah,
5: I absolutely agree, and um, I'm just still kind of stunned about that because, you know, you're a value member. It's hard to leave a a team, you know, that involves Vince McMahon, but at the same time, I mean, because I'm just speechless. It's hard. It's hard to really fathom leaving WWE, you know. I understand it's not the perfect place to work, but at the same time what place is? Besides the Russell Talk podcast, of course.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and not to backtrack here, Jeremy, but yeah, I actually nice. just another I actually just had another thing come across my desk here, uh about the road dog. And you were saying how his wife was saying he should be coming home today. Uh just a few minutes ago I A story came across here that's posted that uh, Road Dog Jesse James actually took to Facebook earlier today thanking the fans following his hospitalization, and the quote that they give here from his Facebook says, To God be the glory, I live to tell the story. I'm headed home. I've got some work to do and some changes to make, but I'm up to the task. I want to thank each and every one of you for your thoughts and prayers and your kind words. So many reached out with positive vibes and it overwhelmed me. We love you. Thank you all and God is good. Let the journey begin. So that was from Road Dog himself. So That's awesome. That is really awesome.
5: Well, I gotta ask you another question as we continue with our high spot segment.
0: All right. So What's that?
5: All right, this time it involves Impact Wrestling. Now, let me just... I'm going to ask you a question before I explain why I'm bringing up Impact. Okay. You know, it's the Wrestle Talk podcast. So, of course, we've had so many wrestlers from all different walks of life, so many different promotions, territories, and whatnot, who have poured their heart and soul and their bodies into this sport. Now... I bring this up because I want to ask you, imagine asking or imagine wrestling 1,000 matches for one promotion.
4: Crazy, isn't it? Yes, it is.
5: Well, I bring this up because on Impact, tonight on Axis TV, James Storm will be wrestling his 1,000th match in Impact, last well, TNA, whatever you want to call it, but it's Impact right now. And he'll be wrestling against his uh, longtime friend, Eric Young. Can you believe that? 1,000 matches.
4: Wow, that is awesome! I tell you, it's that's something that, to think of. One thousand matches, you know, especially in the same place—that's just unheard of. That's a lot of matches to be to be going through. Period. Right, and
5: I also bring it up because you take into account that okay, so there's 52 weeks in a year, and So many years, it looked like Impact was going to go out of business. Well, somehow they survived, and I really emphasize the word survived because there were so many times I thought they were going to go down under. Kudos to them for sticking to it. But through it all, like Christopher Daniels is, to me, the king of the indies going to all these other independent promotions, James Storm, to me, is the heart and soul of TNA slash Impact. He's been there through it all. So good for him. Major props to James Storm on his 1,000th match in Impact Wrestling. And, you know, the wear and tear that does in your body, mad props to him. Absolutely. Yes, (laughs) definitely.
4: But you know, Jeremy, while we're uh, while we're waiting on our guest to call in, I actually was given a note here. You know, there was a couple of the sponsors we just couldn't remember their names right off the top of our heads. So I want to run through our sponsors here one more time, um, and I actually have a list here this time, so that I don't mess it up. And I apologize for All that. All right, you
0: go for it. Yes,
4: I'm trusting you one hundred thousand percent. So. As we said last time, we have Interstate Sports Media, eSports Bar KC, Royal Mills Transportation, and we have Kincaid at the O Park Mall. That's the one I was trying to remember was Kincaid. And uh, actually, Kincaid will be sponsoring the FWWC Universe Mania Watch Party on April 11th from 5 to 10. Uh and that is actually sponsored by the Wrestle Talk podcast itself. But uh, for anybody who doesn't know, the FWWC is a fantasy wrestling group. Uh, you can find out more on the Wrestle Talk webpage. Uh, it's for those who, you know, you just can't live out your dream of getting in the ring and actually wrestling. Uh, but where I'm actually a member of it, I'm one of the uh, general managers this year, and. We get together. We try to get together about five times a year to have the watch parties, and fortunately, the great folks here at Raffle Talk sponsor those. And like I said, that'll be April 11th at Ken at the Over Park Overland Park, Kansas City at the mall there. And it's uh, twenty dollars a person. They can find more information on WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Talk the Raffle Talk Podcast dot com forward slash events. So we didn't do too bad. We didn't miss too many of them or mess them up. No, it's just so
5: many people are on board with the Russell Talk podcast. We feel like the list of sponsors, which are ever growing, mind you, is longer than what it is. That's the only thing. It wasn't that we forgot many. It was just, there's just a lot to keep track of. <laughs>
4: But of so, course, we couldn't do it without it without any of them. You know, they they all are very important to us, and we thank each and every one of them for what they do to uh, help us bring this this great show to you, you fans of the Wrestle Talk. You know, our family each and every week. This is a this is a privilege to be able to do this. So
5: absolutely. So we're going to keep some conversation going while we do wait for our guests to call in. And I got to ask you, so I'm going to ask you, with WrestleMania season upon us, Oz, what was the first WrestleMania that you watched? At, like, when it happened. So not just buying the VHS or something and be playing.
4: <laughs> um, the first WrestleMania I watched. You know, I really can't remember. I mean, uh, I'm like you know, 40 some years (laughs) old. And uh, I've been watching it, watching wrestling since I was a little kid. So, uh, yeah, I really can't remember which one was the very first one I watched, but I know I have watched a many of them.
5: Watched a many of them. I'll tell you, the first one I remember watching, Clear as Day. Now, every year my friends and I get together, although last year with the pandemic we were able to watch it on our own TVs at our own places, but get together via Zoom, which I thought was awesome. Nevertheless, the first WrestleMania I remember watching was WrestleMania 22. And it's always been one of my favorite WrestleManias. It was, you had John Cena facing Triple H, and first off, the reason I like this WrestleMania so much is because it was a small arena. Now, I know everybody loves the big spectacles, you know, with the 70,000 fans. I don't know. To me, there's something that's cool about having it with just, you know, 20-something thousand fans, still, you know, fans from all over the world. And maybe that's just because I'm hoping it comes to St. Louis one day and, you know, we have the dome at America Center, which... Can seat about sixty, seventy thousand, but you also have the Enterprise Center about twenty thousand. But anyway, some of these matches you had John Cena, Triple H, and John Cena was getting booed out of the building like he does every time he's in Chicago. You got Ed, you got Ray Mysterio, Randy Orton, and Kurt Angle for the World Heavyweight Championship, and Ray won it, you know, and it was in tribute to Eddie Guerrero. And to me though, my there were two matches, my two favorite matches from that card. The first, Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon in a no-holds-barred no match. I mean, Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon can entertain. He never, He's always said, I'm going to be the, the devil's advocate, literally. Vince McMahon has always told his wrestlers that he won't, he won't make them do something that he wouldn't do as far as taking a bump. All those bumps that they do he's always done. Maybe not the flips and everything, but the stunts and whatnot. So he put on a match with Shawn Michaels that was so amazing the Wrestling Observer newsletter made it voted for it as the match of the year. But the second one, you had Edge versus Mick Foley in a hardcore match. And this is where the flaming tables came out and um yeah, I would just absolutely loved that WrestleMania. So, I just had to throw that out there because I just love this time of year as a wrestling fan.
4: I had a oh yeah my little shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> this time of year is always always exciting with uh, WrestleMania coming up and everything, but uh, but yeah. So I believe we do have our uh, first guest on hold here, Jeremy. All right. Do you want to do the introduction or do you want me to? i tell you what. Why don't you go ahead and get the introduction while I get the music cued up here? All righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he,
5: is, he made his professional wrestling debut in February of 2000. He has trained with the likes of Savio Vega, Glamour Boy Shane, the Wild Samoan Training Center, Ricky Santana, Scott Hall and Evolve Wrestling. It's a 21-year career and counting. It is our pleasure to have on the Wrestle Talk podcast the one, the only Vertigo, the Cure Rivera.
6: Hello? Hello? Hello, hey, how you, you doing? So good Hello, good night. It's a pleasure uh, for me to be in your podcast. Thank you for uh, inviting me and having me tonight. Thank you for oh, what you do pleasant. and uh, promote wrestling and always put the good word for us, uh, the wrestlers, the one that always try to entertain and give you guys what you like.
4: Oh, yes. Well it is a pleasure to have you here tonight and uh we thank you for allowing us this time to uh talk with you because I know we have we've been very excited to uh have you on since we've heard that you ha- accepted our invitation to come. So uh I'm gonna go ahead and let our let my uh co host here Jeremy I'm gonna let him start things off here for us. So why don't you go ahead, Jeremy?
5: All righty. It is a pleasure to have you on, Vertigo. I mean, I'm just sitting here. No, it's my pleasure, and I'm sitting here and looking at some of the wrestlers that you have been on events with on the match cards and competed with and against, and folks, let me just tell you some of these names first. We have Savio Vega, Tommy Dreamer, Raven, James Storm, who Haas and I talked about earlier in the show, just incredible Shane Douglas, and that's I'm not going to go through the whole list, but that tells you if that's just part of the list, then you can only imagine what the rest of it is. So I got to ask you before we get into more of who you've been working with over the years, because you've had such a long, you know, hardworking career and I commend you for everything you've done in the business. I got to mm. ask, what yes. got you into wrestling? What brought you in the industry?
6: Uh, okay. It's uh that that's the mandatory question. That always. It's okay. the mandatory question uh, around here. I had to ask. I, <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, I was a fan of wrestling all my life. Uh, since I was a kid, I have an uncle that was a rest PR in uh, South America. His name was Big Time Charlie. But I never, never. And I'm very honest. I never saw myself as a wrestler before wrestling. I was a dancer. And acting and theater. That was uh, that was my my go-to, and uh, I did some sports. Ba- I did baseball, I did basketball, and was some stuff. I did some martial arts, but I was wrestling was always my focus. As a fan, uh, when I was going to college, I I was talking to my uncle. I said, uh, I'm gonna try to do the tryout for the wrestling team. He started making fun of me because I was crazy. That's not for you, you're a dancer, you did this, you did that, you never, that's too hard for you. And he made a bet with me that he was gonna take me to a wrestling school. If I pass the first week, he will pay the whole tuition of the wrestling school. His first day I got in the ring, I got hooked up. I I said, I've stopped doing everything. I stopped doing all the stuff that I used to do uh, and focus my life on wrestling. And since that day, February twenty nineteen ninety nine, stopped doing all my other stuff and focused my life in wrestling. That's awesome. And, well,
5: and that's the interesting thing because, you know, sometimes it's just kind of, and not to use a wrestling move pun, but I'm going to have to, it's kind of just a twist of fate. You don't know that. Yep. You know, one industry is going to lead you into another one. Like you said, you weren't, you didn't think you'd be in this business. And, you know, even though your uncle was, you know, it is involved. And it's just amazing that, you know, things work out in mysterious ways. And now look at you. Like you said, you, it's been over 20 years. And, you're, you know, you're still going strong. And that's awesome honestly and I, I
6: still i'm 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 inside my heart they have so more years to go
5: that's a, that's great so i got to ask okay who was your first opponent on the first on the first like major card you had uh competed on
6: major card is uh first obviously i start like everybody else starts at uh, indie shows so Regular shows around, and I was in the in the island of PR. The first major star from Puerto Rico, he was a uh, a Chicano. He's a guy that's very uh, very well known in PR. He been he done work for, also for Ring of Honor, uh, to Japan and Mexico, and he was the first big star that I worked on. But then when I started moving around, uh, like, you know, growing up. Then I got Chain Sewell, Chain the Club, my boyfriend in Canada. Um, uh, I got Sabio Vega, I got Ricky Banderas, Sapolo. I got a bunch of people that work with me that I step, I have the opportunity to step in the ring with them.
1: Nice.
5: That that's real I mean, that's really good. And you know, you've competed against and with so many wrestlers. And if I'm correct, you know, obviously correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe it was on October fifteenth of twenty sixteen. So we'll kind of flash forward it a little bit. That you won, you were a part of a tag team winning the WXW tag team titles.
6: Yeah, that was my first title in uh, the United States. My first. Oh, that
5: was your first United States title. Okay. Who was it with?
6: Yes. Was uh his name is uh, Raciel He's from PR. He's my cousin uh We were uh, our acting were called bad intentions. That was my first in the states because I moved from uh, from Puerto Rico to the state 2014. Because uh, I did my whole career based my base at the beginning of my career in IWA the Fabio Vegas promotion. I was also working for Carlos Colon like four years, and then I moved in 2014 here and start moving around and build my name again.
5: Okay, and I believe the team that you defeated uh, was Hector and Luis, I believe?
6: Yes. Those, uh, their name was uh, uh They're right now competing. The act uh work now with Cratch in Mexico. They're uh, uh, pretty good opponents, uh, amazing wrestlers, uh, and they've been moving around too.
5: Do you still tag team with your
6: cousin quite
5: a bit or...?
6: No, I'm right now I'm working on a project in uh with two other amazing wrestlers from Central Florida. We uh we, we right now I'm really in a, in a in a set of filming some skits and promo videos that we're gonna put over uh for some wrestling shows. Uh it's uh, Romeo Quevedo and Lee Ramos, they're a wrestler from uh, central Florida and uh we're going to have – we have something good going on, and you guys will see.
3: Feel that
5: because – and you can keep on, like, promoting how you do with about these skits in Central Florida and everything. Do you feel that because you have that acting ability in you, it makes the promos, the promo videos that you do and whatnot come more naturally? Because, you know, you know, a lot of being a good wrestler is also – you know, presentation. Presentation as well as skills. Do you think you're able to present yourself better because of how you grew up?
6: Yes. This also this this uh this uh business uh is not just also the skills like you said it's the skills. Uh you can you implement a bunch of different stuff into it. And if you have that advantage and that knowledge and all the stuff like uh acting video editing, music, uh, all those backgrounds that all come with uh, the business or entertainment, you can put all those together in one and make a better like uh, how you say it? Make a better product to present yourself to the companies and to the people that are are looking at you. That, That way they can understand and see more what you are or what you bring to the table instead of That basic promo or that basic stuff that normally people that starting try to do to put them over. And you, we, the people that I'm that working with me have kind of the same background, so we all pull our input together and work. Like literally, our videos look like movies. Oh, very nice. And,
5: and you know, you're right. For to be a professional wrestler, I was doing it, it takes so much more than just the skill, you know, and athleticism. There is so many different components, and it and it showcases when you watch whether it is an independent promotion, just a small group, or if it's one of the major, you know, promotions worldwide. You know, you can see all those yeah. components, or some of them, in action. If you see a wrestler that's lacking one of those components, it's easy to point out. Especially if you are well versed, like yourself, in all of those components. Because you, like you said, you got this. You've worked so hard, and you got that skill. But at the same time, you have the other components that that have made you come a long way in this industry.
6: It's true. That's why so many wrestlers uh, take acting classes or uh, drama and uh, music and stuff that stuff can like, help them develop and promote themselves better.
5: I see that's an interesting point you brought up too about wrestlers taking acting classes and such. So I don't know if a lot of people know that about wrestlers having to do that type of thing. You know, They would think that you would just stand behind because you, know, you see it when like they're, they're at For example, at the Performance Center down in Florida, you know, in NXT, they just have, I think, what they call kind of the promo room. You know, you go back there, you're talking to a screen, and you kind of just have to master your own promo, and you're not allowed to leave until you get it right. But not every promotion or company, whatnot, however you want to call it, has that, and has that grand scale of a training center. So. It's interesting, you bring up the thought uh of you know brought up the fact and not so much a thought, but the fact that wrestlers do go to acting classes and have more drama to it
2: and
6: that that that's true what you just said about the the performance and stuff like that. Some people had it natural, some people don't need it, some people just come through it but if you can add that skill and you have some little background where you know what to do with the lining with the with your uh, body language expression they teach you how to control that and when acting class take advantage of it take it take that take that class because you you can be over and you can promote yourself when you work but there'll be a moment they can going to ask you for a promo or they're going to ask you to do this kid And that's the moment of the truth when they're going to see if you can be able just to wrestle, you can do, be able to carry on with all this stuff.
5: Right. Like for me, communicating and whatnot in visual arts has always been something. It's like how it's easier for me to learn. I can learn things if they're visually presented and then I can visually convey those types of things and then communicating is more my style. Now, for you, I wanted to ask, um, I got to think of the best way to start. When it comes to, you know, we have talked about acting classes and everything, I got to ask, what what was the hardest thing for you to learn when training to be a professional wrestler? Like, what was the most difficult component that we've kind of talked about?
6: Okay. Chase, I was a, I just do act and dance, when I started, I was I wasn't like as big as I'm now. I was I was you know, I was at 160 pounds, very flexible. And classes was, wasn't that difficult for me because I also have a little uh, martial art background. I know how to how to control my body and stuff like that. But when it comes to selling, since I was so flexible and I was used to a little pain with the martial arts, I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to put expression. I didn't know how to uh, tell a story to the people. Onto my teacher teach me the hard way, and literally put me through actual a lot of pain to project that to the crowd.
5: (laughs) Hey, because I mean, you're and you're uh, what? Based on your description, you're about what five seven five eight.
6: Right now, I'm 5'8", 235 pounds.
5: Okay, there you go. <laughs> I mean, right now, for me, shoot, I'm 5'5", 150 pounds. So, definitely pale <laughs> <Yeah>. in comparison. <laughs> um, I do have another question, one more, and then I'm going to transition over to uh, a good buddy, Haas, who's been waiting oh so patiently. I wanted to talk – so we talked about earlier on about your first title win in the United States, and yes. that was the w, or WXW taxing title. Um, yes. But I wanted to ask you for a little bit now about your first title win in Puerto Rico, and that was, if I remember correctly, the IWA PR Extreme Combat Division title.
6: Well, that was yeah my first major TV title. Was, okay, uh, and that was October tenth, yeah.
5: two thousand nine,
0: right?
6: Yeah, a string combat division title. Uh, it was in a X match uh, versus five other guys okay. in a uh, IWA anniversary uh, ten anniversary show. It, it was a pretty intense match. A lot of high bombs and high fly stuff. I was a little bit skinnier. I was able to do other stuff, and I didn't. I didn't expect that the, that, that title goes my ways but it was amazing feeling. It was great after uh, almost ten years in the business. That was my first TV major title. I had, before that, I had although in indie stuff like that, but never had an opportunity to the company that literally uh, put me in the spot, in the crowd on Puerto Rico, to give me that opportunity and to trust in me to have that in my ways. Right.
5: That's a big, see, and that's another thing to really, that's a great perspective, honestly, to look at because. You know, some people just look at, you know, when the title is. hey, he, he's the, you know, he's the new champ, you know, that's how the casual fan or the one that doesn't really understand the business as deeply is just thinking, oh, wow, okay, well, there's the one they kind of picked to win the title. But the reality of it is it's who they trust to be the champion, to represent as this title holder, you know when you have it around your waist you know they see you as the positive reflection of them and you know I can imagine it being you know I'm not a a professional wrestler but I you know associate with the industry and I've loved wrestling for over 15 years Um, understanding that it's the impact that it has on you with that type of glorious, you know, accolade, because it shows that all the hard work you've put in, it's finally paid off.
6: Yeah. Sometimes for, uh, for us, yes, it's just, it's just a bell, uh, but also that reflect that uh, how, like you said, the hard work, what we've been through every day and night just go every day, going in the ring, practice your craft, Learn and, learn and learn and learn until you finally got that moment it might be for some people just a build, but for us it's a lot more than that absolutely Hot, i gotta ask you my
4: friend you got any questions for our amazing guest oh sure you know i'm i'm sitting here looking over you know some of the information that we have here and uh You know, you talk about how you practice the craft day in and day out. And, you know, there's a lot of different companies you've worked for. And, you know, just to name a few, Revolt Pro, uh, Believe in Wrestling, WXW, IWA, WWC. And uh, I also see that you actually got to wrestle some matches for WWE and NXT and SmackDown. Um what yes. was it like actually be able to wrestle for WWE?
6: Oh yeah. Uh the first time they gave me the chance to work a um, WWE match it was uh November, if I remember right, it was November twenty or November in between twenty, I think it was ten. November ten. Uh 2016 in Orlando, Florida versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, they gave us the, me, it was a handicap match for the actually WWE SmackDown titles. They were the champion at that moment. They gave us opportunity to do a promo, uh, actual entrance. They normally don't do that with the people no. that you use just for a regular match. And they managed to follow through, and just to that, to that entrance and see over uh, 24,000 people just looking at you and hearing you, it's amazing. You feel different, different vibes. The electricity go all the way to the, from your bottom, of your toes to your top of your head, and you just feel it and keep going through it from the beginning to the end. It's, a, it's an amazing
4: feeling oh I can only imagine I tell you Because um, lo- looking at it here like I say there's you have a heck of a list of companies that you worked for and uh, camps and stuff that you've tried out for and you know just people that you've trained with and worked with and it's it's really you know any wrestling fans dream to get a shot with just a couple of the people that are on your list uh, let alone as many different ones as you have and so we have a lot of people who listen to our podcast who are up and coming wrestlers or people who want to get into the business what type of um what type of suggestion would you give them that want to get in the business what advice would you give them
6: my advice, other than before you go to a wrestling school, do a good research. You do a good research and know where you're going, who's your, who's your trainer, that you have a good trainer. You don't have uh, someone that just bought it for him, put him in his house, and he's charging a couple of bucks to teach you something that he might not even know how to do. Go to a actual wrestling school, certified and always. Always, always have a plan B. Wrestling is hard. It's not easy as it looks on TV. You never know what can happen even in training or or in a show. And if you don't have a plan B, something to back up, your and that, that you can get money from a uh, for you to for your uh, family, or whatever happened in your life, it's going to be difficult for you. Always research and have a plan B be always ready to whatever it comes that's always the advice i give to people that want to start in this business
4: and that sounds like some some sound advice you know because uh i know plenty of people who have tried to get in the business some of them have made a pretty good run at it some of them haven't been so successful and yeah you know, so that that's some good advice there because, like I say, look, looking at just the list of names of people you've trained with and worked with, and uh, different places you've trained, uh, like the Wild Samoan Training Center, and trained with Fabio Vega, and you know, it's it's names like that that people would just, yeah, you know, it seems surreal if you actually get to work with them. I'm sure.
6: So, it's um, it's true. It's a different feeling. Not going to a show and working with someone that is new or maybe new running around the business, but it's not that known that when they tell you, hey, we got this show, you're working with this person, it's a totally different feeling. And you you know that you earn that spot, you earn that trust for the promoter or the company to put you in that position that you'll be able to carry a match with a person with a big name. So that's another advice I would repeat you guys. Every time you get an opportunity to move around, train, every name, get seminars. Go, go, spend money. Every time you can, just put some effort, some extra money. I know it's, sometimes it's difficult, but if you can go to any any camp, any seminar, It'd be worth it because they're gonna see it, and they're gonna—you're gonna have the opportunity to work with, not just the people I work with, more than that.
4: So, and uh, one question I always like to ask people, you know, just just for fun, is you know I'm looking here, like say at, at the list of people you work with, and I can't imagine working with even a portion of them. But is there anybody that would be an absolute dream match for you that you've never worked with that you would love to? Who, who would be your dream match?
6: Oh, huh. that's a good question. My my dream match was these two persons that I would love to wrestle. They both retire, but, but I, that's all, that's my my dream match has always been William Regal or Taz. Oh, uh, okay. and they two
4: from the that I would love to the greats
5: those right those there. Things. Honestly,
4: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, have you got any more questions there? Yeah, I just got one more, and this
5: one, you know, he's to me an a wrestler. He he's been a veteran wrestler for a long time, but I feel like he's still under the radar a lot, and I wanted to ask about. Uh, I want to ask you, Vertigo, about him because, you know, Haas uh, was just talking about how there is the list of wrestlers you've, you know, been on events with. I got to ask, what's it like working with Savio Vega? He's always been a, one of my favorites and an underrated one. So what's it like working with Savio?
6: Oh, it's amazing. He's very hard um, on his students. And everybody that worked with him, because he's a very professional person, very old school. He wants everything to look perfect. And every detail, every detail match or every detail stuff that he teaches you also, he's, he, they got to look the way he wanted. It. It's, it's going to be hard on you if you don't follow through. It's amazing ah. to work with him. You learn a lot.
5: Oh, I bet. And I mean, it showcases in, you know, your matches as well as matches with others he has trained and worked with. And as well as matches that, you know, since his career began, that he definitely is like that old school style. um, But it pays off, you know, and it's kind of like out here. See, I'm, I live in Missouri and out here, probably one of the most well-known, uh, Examples is the late, great Harley Race. I mean, anybody that went to his ac- wrestling academy, and they still do the academy, but when Harley Race was still alive, you go to that academy, he's going to pretty much beat your ass. I mean, he's going to work you to death, but you're going to become not just a better wrestler, you're going to become a better person because of it. And those are the trainers you want to have if you're trying to become a wrestler or in- involved in the business somehow.
6: Yes, you're totally right. People like that that teach you not just be a professional wrestling, also a professional in life, and how to educate outside and inside the ring, in the locker room. That's the people that you wanna have as a trainer or as a mentor.
5: Absolutely.
4: Hoss, you have
5: anything to add?
4: Oh, you know, just, just like I said, there's just so much there looking at everybody you've worked with and everything you've worked with, and, you know, I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but uh, these interviews just go by so quickly, and we do thank you for your time and everything that, that you give to us, so. Um, but I, I think to,
5: know, I, I got to ask that,
4: before you go. <laughs> um,
5: I do <laughs> have, have to ask. Yes. I'm sorry for cutting you off, Haas. I do have to ask this because he is our esteemed guest, and we love having him, you know, him as well as any guest on the show. We have to ask, where? Mr. Rivera, where can the Wrestle Talk podcast audience find you out there on social media, or what promotions? How can we you. get you out
0: there more?
6: Okay, if they want to see a little bit more of Vertigo, they can go to Vertigo they Cure uh, Rivera in my Facebook, Vertigo Cure 13 on Twitter, Vert Vertigo Cure 13 on Instagram, and also they can find me in wxwrestling.com, Fight TV every th- Thursday, uh, on the Atomic Revolution Wrestling. I'm also wrestle for companies like OCW, Renegade. Uh, HEW and uh, a lot more in that to that come.
5: All righty. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Like, seriously. And once again, like I said, you, you know, I'm glad you're going strong, living your dream that you didn't even know
4: would have been a dream at one point. It's awesome. <laughs> yes, and definitely. And if we haven't already said it, if someone hasn't already, uh, Said for you, you know. Welcome to the Raffle Talk family. You know, we absolutely love our guests and love taking the opportunity to speak with you. Just promise us one thing: promise us that you will come back and talk to us again, talk to us a little bit more, because there's so much more that we can go into with you. I'm sure.
6: Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys to have me be there at any moment, and I'll be happy to call you guys call me and I just talk about wrestling I love this and at any moment just let me know and I'm available for you guys thank you all, all right well them.
4: we definitely appreciate it do you, do you have any parting words for our raffle family vertigo before before we let you go
6: Uh yes uh, once again thank you thank you once again and for all those fans that want to know about more about me uh, you can find me in my social media. I'm an open book. I don't mind asking questions. I'm also a trainer. If you're looking for getting this career, just uh, send me a DM. I will guide you where you have to go. We're uh, willing to help everyone. And also, if you want Vertigo uh, the Cure merch, uh, just DM me. Or go to Pro Wrestling Tees dot com be the cure you're gonna find my t-shirts there and other stuff you can just dm me to my social media and i got you where you gotta go and thank you one more time i appreciate all you're doing for wrestling and people keep listening to this pe- Wrestle talk they're amazing thank you again
4: oh thank you very much wrestle talk family what did you think about that interview there with vertigo what do you think wrestle talk family Jeremy, hear me? I think the WrestleTalk family liked it. That is a seal of approval. <laughs> all right, Jeremy. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. But before we take a break, of course, one more time, let's acknowledge those, uh, those sponsors there. Don't want to forget about them at all. Well, you got Can the we, list. So course... Go on for it. All right. Of course, we have uh, i70 Sports Media, Esports Bar Kansas City, Royal Mills Transportation. Anytime you're in the Kansas City area and you're looking for transportation, Royal Mills is the man you want to call. And Ken Cade there at the O Park Mall. Be sure to uh, check check out our sponsors there, and don't forget uh, the Universe Mania watch party for the uh, sponsored by the wrestle talk podcast for all the uh, family and friends of the fwwc twenty dollars per person at kincaid on april 11th from 5 p.m to 10 p.m so you know can't forget those sponsors but uh it's been an awesome out first hour there and let's go ahead and take a quick break and then when we come back uh we'll be joined by nightmare jones and i uh, will get our second guest in here So Jeremy, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the mic for the first
5: hour with me and I look forward to having uh Nightmare Jones with me on the second half.
4: Thank you, buddy. All right. Well we're gonna go ahead and uh and do as we normally do and take a minute take a break here just for a minute or two and uh so we got a little music coming your way.
1: And perp with a chicken you no breakfast If you ain't a hustler, you might not get this Eyes wide open, even though we sleepin' Had to get up in your face, you know creepin' But you gotta be from my town just to know that All brand new, no need for a throwback That's where you're from, but don't be dumb didn't even know it but they said that I won I will keep grinding, no rewinding I will ace life like it's one big assignment Young Mac saga, hotter than lava Never tripping on them haters cause they ain't hot Top was a hustle, I swear I'm just like em. Girl put your titties in my face, that's why I like them Hate big heads but I love big faces My name is victorious, so I already taste it Good I'm Get it when it comes to that important shot I gotta hit it cause I'm blush, baby Young reeks, he's way too much Lately with living mania, feeling crazy You know what's up baby KG's the place where I'm at Where they get hit with the mag They get stabbed in the back I go live alone with the link up with the pack Eating motherfucking beats like they some type of snack And then I hit the club, see the people moving I be chasing paper while some people still snoozing If you ain't winning, must mean you're losing That's taking out and that's nothing I ain't doing I'm a straight winner from beginner. You should know that, tryna kill a city. So you know I gotta show that. Be a Kush masses, break it down and roll that. Tryna get some rap after that get some more racks.
4: Hey wrestling fans, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking at you and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast.
5: All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Maestro of the Microphone, Jeremy Carp, and welcome back to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I gotta give once again another big shout out to my friend Hardcore Haas for his amazing work joining me, co hosting for the first hour as For those just tuning in, we had recently just had The Cure, Vertigo Rivera, on, and she was just a fantastic guest. But one guest isn't enough for this show. We always got to have a second because we go above and beyond. So we have ourselves Earl Joseph, and I will do a bigger intro shortly, but... If you think I'm doing the second half of this show all by my little old lonesome, well, then you got another thing coming. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce my co-host for the second half of the show. He isn't only the Nightmare. He is, in my opinion, and it's fast, the OG of the WTP, ladies and gentlemen. Nightmare Jones.
3: My goodness gracious, Jeremy. What an introduction. What is going on, sir? How are you tonight? How was the uh, first hour, sir? Oh, Josie,
5: you son of a gun. It's great having you on. I missed you, buddy. And let me tell you, our first hour was great. I mean, we had so many stories we had to talk about, and we shared a whole bunch of stories with our first guest, Vertigo The Cure Rivera. And I know, you know, you're going to re-listen to that interview because, I mean, it's the Talk Podcast. It's either first class or no class.
3: That's true. That is 100% true. It's either first class or it's no class. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the best part about it is, is you know who we don't have tonight? We don't have Drake Lee tonight. I know I it's was, just, I, you know, I I didn't want to say the name because
5: I wanted to see if we could keep it going, but you know what? That's okay. He's not here tonight. The next time he and I host, he's going to probably rip me a new a-hole anyway, but it's okay. I'll get to that when I get to it, but it's you and I, buddy. It was me and Haas earlier, and it's you and okay. I <laughs> now. I am having one of time. Okay. That's going to be Drake when he, he's on the next show. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> well, that's oh, going to be goodness.
5: Renee when he – that's going to be the night owl when he finds out that we're talking bad about his boy.
4: <laughs> I, I just didn't want you to miss Drake too much, so I thought I'd play a clip of him for you.
5: <laughs> I, oh, I can't gosh. miss him too much. I couldn't – don't worry. You never got to worry about that.
3: Posh <laughs> is always so, good
5: be the drop. <laughs> so now, gonna, I gotta ask you a question. While we wait for What's our the, second guest to call in, what you got? All right, I asked this with Hoss earlier in the show, but I gotta ask you:
3: okay.
0: What
5: do you think about the Wednesday night wars, or the Wednesday night not so much of a war, more like a massacre, being over?
3: Um. I think that 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 it's really really a good idea. I was never really into the whole war thing, you know. Like I was just happy to be able to watch uh, wrestling, and now it's now it's even better because now I can watch Monday Night Raw on Mondays. I can watch NXT on Tuesdays. I can watch uh, AEW on Wednesdays. I'm uh, not sure what's going on Thursdays and then Fridays. Impact. Impact on Tuesdays. They're moving it and to the Thursdays. Th- oh my goodness gracious! Are you We're going telling wrestling me wrestling every night of watch- the week, buddy? Are you telling me that I can watch wrestling Monday through Friday now? Man, you're oh, damn man, right! Oh, I'm telling you that. Man, oh man, oh man, that is, I think a wrestling fan's dream. You got you, you got wrestling Monday through Friday. You got the WWE Network that just started on uh, the uh, Peacock app, app, which, man, I've been going through Facebook, and I've been seeing people, some people like it. Some people absolutely hate the fact that Peacock, that the network is on Peacock. They they say that it's it's difficult to navigate. You can't pause live shows. They said that they're, they're editing stuff out. Me, I'm just happy to be able to, to, to be able to to watch wrestling, and then when I finish watching wrestling, I can go and watch one of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> exactly. Now you know what that's a good segue. You know
5: I'm gonna ask you that, about that because you mentioned about you know the WWE Network merging into into the Peacock you know subscription service, which for those that don't know is NBC Universal. Um, now. You mentioned about the hard to navigate. We get that. Um, But the big controversy, the big issue, which I don't think should be as big of an issue, but I'll explain why, is their censorship of certain aspects of past wrestling events. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to explain to the fans that the two notable moments that they've censored so far. Now, mind you, there's over 17,000 hours of content they're going through, as well as with WWE they're going through this. But over, I mean, 17,000 hours is a hell of a lot. Now, the first thing they censored, All right, Wrestlemania 9, Rowdy Rowdy Piper went into a match against Bad News Brown. Neither of them wanted to lose this match. That's a real life thing. Neither of them wanted to be booked to lose. But, that's not the controversial part. The controversial part is the fact that during the match, Roddy Piper was painted half black. Yeah, uh, yeah, I,
3: I that. yeah. I, I remember that that uh, that pay-per-view because uh, I, I remember he he was talking to Mean Gene Oakland and he turns around and like he legit painted half of his his body black. Like his leg had one one of his legs oh. was black. His torso was uh, was black. His arm was black. His face. Half of his face was like, I was like, "Oh man!" (laughs) And the thing of
5: it is, though, okay, so that part's not going to be seen on the net on the network. Okay, I get that, and I get why they would censor it. But what's also not undermine the fact that during that promo or during one of the promos. He was talking about He doesn't care what color you are. It's just why Roddy Piper was the biggest badass and why he would beat whoever comes his way. And, you know, that was the message he was trying to convey. Now, yeah, granted, of course, in 2021, anything resembling blackface in any way, shape, or form, it will go about as well as the Siamese cats from Lady and the Tramp. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So I can understand that. And then the second one, this one, first off, this one should have never happened. And I don't mean it shouldn't have been censored. I mean this shouldn't have happened ever. I don't even know why Vince did this. He called – this was – I don't know if it was the Royal Rumble in 2005 or Survivor Series in 2005, one of the two, but in a backstage promo, John Cena called – or I'm sorry, Vince McMahon – Call John Cena the N word. And he's walking yeah. and then book he's right there. And I'm just like What?
0: What?
3: Yeah. Oh. I, I remember that too. I mean that, uh, that I, I, remember, <laughs> I I remember that. Uh one of the things that I'm worried about is uh the ECW stuff because you know the WWE never had like every ECW thing and I mean yeah <laughs> I mean yeah New Jack's I, gone <laughs> yeah I mean my New my Jack is so is gone <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I I don't know uh, you know what I, I just oh. I, I I'm I'm not quite sure it doesn't really bother me I mean. You know, because you know it's it's they'll they'll act, and it's what they want to do. So you know, I mean, I'm just glad to be able to watch, you know, the Royal Rumbles, or WrestleManias, or Survivor Series, or whatnot. So, right. You know, happy about that. Yeah, exactly.
5: And okay, here's some other Here's some other interesting, controversial, uh, subjects that, um. WWE will probably, knowing them, look into. All right. Kerwin White. Katie Um, Like I said, literally anything about New Jack. Uh, Val Venus' whole career. Especially the I-choppy-choppy-your-pee-pee.
0: Because
3: that's... Gold, the oh, artist, oh, God. The artist formerly known as Gold Dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, you know, there are yeah.
3: so
5: many outlandish. Um, I think they should just get rid of the gobbledygooker, not because it's insensitive, but just because it was plain freaking dumb. Yeah, they should censor yeah. that just because they're ashamed of that. Um, oh, okay, here we go um the the godfather um
3: this one
5: this one I brought up to my friends HBK and God when Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon teamed up against Shawn Michaels and God in a tag team match um
3: <laughs> yeah I don't know about that I, I remember that, actually.
5: I i, I remember, Now, that I remember very vividly I, well. And then uh, Viscera, when he became the world's largest love machine, started, you know, like, trying to French kiss Lillian Garcia every week. Um, um,
3: don't even get
0: me started with
3: his finishing move. That was the most horrible oh. finishing move ever. Yes.
5: Yes. <laughs> If
0: you the ever absolute. remember... I, running,
3: I'm
5: going with that. You, Worst finisher you, ever. I agree. If
3: you ever remembered his finishing move, the, his opponent would, would be on their stomach. He would do a splash onto their back, and then he would legit start to hump them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is... Go! Oh, my
3: God. Yeah, that's...
0: <laughs>
5: Yeah, that one definitely. You know what? People talk about, like, the worm being a bad finisher or the caterpillar that Otis <laughs> does now. So, no. viscerous finisher, when he was the world's largest love machine, um, let's put it this way. When he was Mabel, like, when he was King Mabel and Mabel, he legitimately hurt people with his leg drop finisher. When, mm-hmm. uh, when he was the world's largest love machine, um, yeah, there's, I think, some... Title Nine issues that need to be addressed with what he did. Yeah, yeah. And then this one, I you know this is going to affect literally every single Monday Night Raw that we grew up with. Jerry Lawler and
3: puppies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's just some of the things. Let's be honest. There's so much more. The one thing, thousand hours. But they're definitely probably going to censor and the WWE Network already censored it. Was been <laughs> you may not remember this Mae Young winning the Miss Royal Rumble competition. Oh, oh, yeah. oh gosh, oh, yeah, that's a good ass comedy sport.
5: Kind
3: of buddy. gagged a, bit. <laughs> yeah. gagged a little bit on that one, oh. puppy. Yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are puppies Jerry Lawler wishes
5: he never saw again. Um mm. thing with it is, though, I mean, Mae Young was a trooper. She might have done some something disgusting like that, but she also took a power bomb off the stage through tables. So you know what? At that point, give her free reign to do what she wants.
3: And she gave both to a hand.
5: Now that has
0: to be censored.
5: <laughs> I remember <at> Raw 1000. <laughs> They had this guy dress up, and he literally showed up, and he's like, I'm the nice. young son.
3: <laughs> yep. Oh, um, my goodness.
5: So, uh, here's, here's another, before, while we're still waiting for Earl to call in, i got to ask. So, what do you think about the Dark Side of the Ring series? The series on Vice, Dark Side of the Ring.
3: I absolutely love that series. I have watched every single episode of every single season. Uh, Probably one of my favorites was the uh, New Jack episode. Uh, This season, I'm really, really looking forward to it because uh, one of the things that they're going to talk about is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, Teal Martial Arts Wrestling, which is uh, a company in japan uh they're going to talk about the uh wcw new japan the super show uh oh, okay. um, nick gage they're gonna have one on nick gage they're gonna have one on uh i believe grizzly uh jake the snake robert's dad if i'm not mistaken
5: so grizzly oh, smith one. yeah i believe they are yeah. they're also having one on
3: brian pillman it's going to be really, really awesome.
5: I have one more I want to say, and then we're got to, we got def- we finally have Earl on, so we'll get him in. But I have to bring up one more they're going to talk about. And this, to me, has to be one of the most – this might be the highest viewed of them all because this is one of the greatest legends in wrestling as far as stories. They are going to be talking about the plane ride from hell.
3: Yeah, the plane ride from hell. I, I remember that. I, I I remember that that's gonna be, be be awesome. But you know one one last thing before we get on is uh, I gotta get your your thoughts. What do you think about the WWE finally bringing in one of the greatest wrestlers into the WWE Hall of Fame? The great colleague.
5: Uh oh my God! Um.
3: <laughs>
5: like I told. <laughs> Like I told Hoss in the first hour, okay, aside from the Kali kiss cam, I'm going to try my best to defend this. First, if Coco beware is in the Hall of Fame, there should be no reason to argue the great Kali being in the Hall of Fame. I'm just going to say it because he was a champion. He was an imposing figure, you know, and he was a major, you know, piece to bring in the Indian market. Audiences to WWE. That alone, it says, prevents put them in the hall like that right there. So I understand why, to an extent. I think it's. I uh yeah. I I'm gonna defend it as best I can because, like I said, Drew carries in there, and Coco Bewares in there, and Bruiser Brody isn't in there except for the legacy wing so i'm just going to do my best on that (laughs) there you go there we go there you go okay ladies and gentlemen our main event guest is on and i am excited i know haas has the intro music ready for him so allow me to do the intro as best as i can ladies and gentlemen the self-styled Liverpool Lip has established himself in the independent professional wrestling scene with his attention to detail, his snappy fashion sense, and his dedication to professional wrestling. He is a ring announcer and a commentator who is quickly making a name for himself. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure here at the Wrestle Talk podcast to welcome the Liverpool Lip himself, Earl
0: Joseph.
3: What's going on? Welcome to the podcast, sir. How are
2: you? Hello. Thank you very much. I just want to say, uh, I hope I can live up to that billing you just gave me. Um, oh. It's, I
3: think uh,
2: it's, an absolute, it's an absolute pleasure to be on, on Wrestle Talk with you guys. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, since, we, uh, since we set a date. So uh, it's, it's a real honor to be here. Thank you.
3: Real honor to have so, you on. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I guess that that my my first question is, uh, how has your 2021 been, sir?
2: Uh, it's been very busy. If we're talking about uh, wrestling, you know, um, really? I have uh, become the full time commentator for Flophouse Wrestling. Um, I work with um, AWR out of Indianapolis as the ring announcer and the so-called voice of AWR. Um, mm-hmm. and also very heavily involved with New Wave Pro out in Terre Haute, Indiana. So, like I say, if we're talking about wrestling, then 2021 already has been a, a prosperous and, and busy year with a lot more to come.
3: Absolutely. Now, uh, speaking of, of Flop House Wrestling, you know, you are their solo commentator, and that is not a very easy thing to do because you don't have anybody to work off of. Like, like, Joey Styles is, you know, is the solo commentary for ECW. So, you know, kudos to you for, for being able to be the, the solo commentator.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, you. You say Joey Styles? That's the obvious and a, an immediate influence. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of ECW. I'm, I'm old enough to have caught it the first time round, and, and was lucky enough to catch it on, on TV back home in England. Um. Mm-hmm. But running as a as a solo commentator is actually a lot of fun, um, and frankly, it's it's a chance to just hear the sound of my own voice over and over again, which is always appealing, I find.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it it it, it definitely seems like like it it is a a, a lot of fun. So, uh, so what got you into pro wrestling?
2: Well, I'd always been a fan my entire life. Um, I moved to this country in uh, November of 2018, and um, I just decided to, to look up the, the local scene in Indianapolis. Happened upon uh, a wrestling school that was having a new intake. Uh, I went down for a tryout. I, you know, I did some in-ring stuff. I, I worked a few matches. I wasn't ever that great, um, but I found that my... my forte, my talents lay obviously with my voice um, with my ability to to sell myself and and certainly as ring announcer and a commentator and everything that's come from then um, has uh, has been great so it was always um, a matter of circumstance Um, I was looking for something to do when I first moved to the United States Um, I was waiting for my green card, I, I was unable to find employment at that time and wrestling became something that as I'd always been a fan of my entire life, it was it was um, a lot more fun to become a part of, and that's what propelled me forward to where I am today.
3: That's awesome that 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 is 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 awesome. You know, I always ask that that question. There's always seemed you know to be the same answer. You know, they've been professional wrestling fans all their lives, like me. You know, I remember watching WrestleMania three and. About six years ago, I actually uh, got into professional wrestling as a referee. So you know, I know exactly mm-hmm. what you mean when you say, you know, you've been a fan all your your life, and now you get to enjoy it even more.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I, I'm also lucky enough to have had a a, a background in performance in theater. I've been in a lot of bands and, and played a lot of um, live gigs and concerts. Um, I've acted very minor roles on television back home as well. So it's just, uh, it, it, like I say, a lot of circumstance has, has led me this way. And it's uh, it, it's been a, an amazing ride so far. You know, it's uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's a lot of fun. I put a lot of time and effort into it. And, and I, I'm looking to get, always get the rewards of my hard work.
3: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't want to take up all of the time with the questions. So, uh, Jeremy, why don't you come here with whatever questions that you have? Because I know you've been topping your to actor a bit.
0: Oh,
5: absolutely. But, I mean, I always love talking to a great personality and Earl Joseph, just by, you know, your work, it is no exception. So, I got to say, my first question for you, my friend, is... You have your when, – when preparing for – geez, i got to think of how to word it. Okay, here we go. You are attention to detail in your snappy dress sense, just as I said in the introduction. When you're about to go out there as a ring announcer or when you're just sitting down there as a commentator, especially you being the solo commentator that you are, What is going through your mind behind the curtain as you're about to head out there?
2: Well, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I'll take you back. I I did a couple of shows this past weekend, two shows for AWR at the Emerson Theatre in Indianapolis. We did New Blood 3 on Saturday night and then Merciful Fate 2 on the Sunday. Two great shows. Um, And each night before um, I went through the curtain. Um, I was in a particular mindset where I really wanted to get it just spot on. You know, um, I was I felt really in the zone for it. And it's just a matter of, for me, it was going over my, my lines, my, my routine, how I wanted to pop the crowd at certain points, and how I also wanted to sell other aspects of the show, future shows, tickets, uh, raffles we were doing, uh, merchandise for the wrestlers as well um so like i say attention to detail yeah it's is sort of a, a brawler phrase but you just have to study um not just the the wrestlers and their details when you're announcing but also the kind of crowd you're going to have uh in awr's case it's a very hot sort of relentless crowd so you always have to try and pop them keep them going Um when it comes to solo commentary as you brought up with flop house i find it's more of like a stream of consciousness thing um Always follow the action, always be anticipating the next move. You have to understand how matches are structured and you have to understand how the wrestlers are in the ring as well. Um, And it's a constant learning process. You're always learning on the job. Um, A match can turn at the blink of an eye and you have to be ready to respond to that and give it convincingly and make sure the audience is always involved at every step of the way. So... um, Sometimes you just have to let go and not think about it.
5: Absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of like, lot, and that's a big thing, you know, especially in the field of broadcasting, you know, it's kind of like us preparing for a podcast, you know, we're given, you know, either we're given notes, we're given some information, and we got to translate it, you know, the best way possible for the audience.
2: For you... That's right, yeah. You you have to hit the... You, you know, there are low points and high points. You have to take people to commercials. Right. You have to introduce... You know, you, you give me a, a great intro. You know, I was the main event guest, and you did that big promo leading in. Um, so you have to know when to bring the audience up and down. So, yeah, it is very much the same thing.
5: And you had stated when you had talked to, uh, to Jonesy that you know, you kind of like being the sole commentator, you know, when you're at the table. Um, Have you had past experience working with color commentators? And if so, kind of what the experience did you get out of that, if you have?
2: Yes, I have. um, It's very early uh, in my commentary career. I did uh, Young Guns Tournament 2018 um, in October, I think that was at um, at the National Guard Armory and uh, I was the, the lead commentator but I also had a, a rotating cast every match I had a different partner so I was sitting down there and having to call a match with people that I'd um, only met literally just then certainly when I was just breaking into the business so you have to um, you know respond to everybody differently uh, the solution there is to, to lay out most of the time and let your guests do the talking because they're a, they're a wrestler and they're there for a particular reason to sell themselves. So, um, you just feed them lines and let them do sort of the bulk of it. Um, I will be working with, uh, fellow commentators when I do flophouse and crab wrestling on um, Thursday, April 8th in Tampa, Florida as part of the mania week festival. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. um, To have such a a big stage, you know, the world will be watching what happens in in Tampa Um, and Flophouse and Crab will be a a popular and well-received show. So uh, I'm looking forward to to having a battle of wits, which is what it comes down to with uh, with another commentator.
1: Oh, absolutely.
5: And you know i'm glad you brought up wrestlemania season because honestly as a wrestling fan that's my favorite time of season uh it's wrestlemania Mm -hmm. season um so i got to ask for you you know when what was the earliest wrestlemania that you had watched as a fan
2: um that's a good question let me think I think it would have been three. I'm just going to Google it now and make sure the years are right. If it's when Hogan
5: slammed Andre, it's definitely three.
2: Yeah, that's the eighth. No, that would be two. I think it must have been about five or six. Oh, wow. would have been my first one that I would have watched as a fan, certainly at that time. I've seen there that you go. Hogan Warrior, definitely WrestleMania six, of course. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the yeah, that's the first one.
5: Awesome. And see, you know, that once again, that in kind of like how I introduced you about your dedication to professional wrestling. Well, I mean, sticking, you know, not every WrestleMania has been a hit, but sticking by since WrestleMania six is one hell of an accomplishment. I'll tell you that much.
2: Um, Oh, yeah. I think WrestleMania will outlive us all as a concept so, you know it is uh, everything gravitates towards it now in wrestling it is, it is the spectacle and to um, be down in Tampa uh, next week now it is a week today I'll be down there um, I'm there from the 6th to the 11th um, and it's going to be a pretty wild time and to have uh, to be able to go down there you know and I'll be safe of course and the shows I'm working at will of course be safe in terms of COVID and stuff um, but it's nice to be able to uh revisit this and, and reignite those kind of times again.
5: As a commentator, has is there been one promotion that you've worked with that's stuck out more than another, or do you just get the same kind of experience, the same vibe when you work with them all?
2: Oh no, no, it's it's always different and you have to approach every every company and every show differently, I think. You have a, an overall broad mindset, but you know every every sort of show is unique to itself. Um I've done most of my uh, commentary experience has been with Flophouse and so that is the one I could speak most highly of in terms of my experience and, and what it's given to me and how much I've enjoyed it. Flophouse has had some incredible matches that I've have been really honored to call. Um and it's good to see young, hungry wrestlers uh, getting a chance to express themselves creatively and um, do that in a very welcoming environment as well. And the sky's the limit for a company like Flophouse. And, and certainly I'd always be grateful uh, to them for the opportunity to spread my wings creatively as a commentator and move on um, to try different things as well.
5: You know, I like that you brought up how, you know, you've got to, you know, approach every place you know kind of every match every show differently because you know it's kind of like just you know a different guest yeah Joe's in nice position as hosting this podcast well we've had different guests from all parts of the wrestling industry multiple parts of the world I mean the gentleman we just had on earlier you know he's a wrestler from Puerto Rico and here you are a commentator that came from Liverpool England you know you get different parts of the world, different experiences, he's a wrestler, you're a commentator, and because of that, it's how we approach, you know, not just our questions, but the attitude, the the vibe, you know, that energy, you know, how it's reflected and reciprocated. And it always ma- I and mean, for me, that makes the job so much more fun, because you really get to have the full-on experience, because you're meeting people from all walks of life you're getting to learn you're you're getting to live the industry by talking to people from the industry
2: yeah i mean what what you guys do in the podcast setting you have, you will have multiple guests on each show so you, so you have to approach each guest differently and you have to work with them on on their level a lot of the time um and it is similar um in in conception to how it is to, to call a matches with uh, different wrestlers, some of whom you've never met before and um, that you have maybe just scant knowledge of and you have to, like, glean it from them um, in the locker room before time. Um, but, you know, what you and I do is, is very similar. You've got to think on your feet. You've got to learn to work with people that you're thrown in the deep end with sometimes. And that, as you say, makes it all the more fun.
5: Absolutely. And it's crazy because, honestly, next year, yeah, let's see, next year's 2022. It'll be about my 10th year in the field of journalism. And I've written for so many websites, you know, worked with so many different companies, and most importantly, <laughs> done so many different podcasts that cover, you know, wide range wide range of topics. I mean, I've been a guest on the Wrestle Talk podcast for, you know, many years. But once you start hosting it, it's just, you know, it's a whole different uh, atmosphere. And speaking of hosting the Wrestle Talk podcast. We have somebody, a special guest who wants to come on and ask you a question, uh, Earl, if I may bring Uh-oh. him on for you.
2: That sounds, that sounds ominous. Hang on. What's this? <laughs> uh,
5: yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting uh, mystery guest. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, he is uh, one of the most charismatic men we got. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, the Night Owl.
6: Hey, guys, ¿qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa? I am so sorry for the run-in, but, man, I wanted to at least get one question in for Earl. Earl, I'm a big fan of yours, bro. I I think you do incredible work, and I just had one question for you. I wish I could have been here for the whole interview, brother, but I promise I will be for the next one, okay? Uh Uh-huh. All right, so here's the deal. Being
4: as I'm also an inspiring ring announcer and commentator, aside from doing the podcast, I found myself in a couple of tough positions before when I'm sitting ringside calling matches, and that is the moves and the finishes. Do you recall a time where you were struggling to find the name of a particular move or a finish, and how do you work around situations like that when you don't necessarily exactly know the right terminology or the words for a, either a finisher or a specific move when you're calling a match?
2: I second that. That's a really good question. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Um, And thank you for your kind words as well. Um, I I really appreciate them. Um, Yeah. There's been, look, uh, you say yourself, you're a uh, a commentator um, and there are plenty of times when your mind just goes blank. Um, Even when you've got with the guy before and you've said, what's your finish? What's your signature? Like, you know, how does this work? Um, You know, it, it, it does happen pretty much every show. Someone will do like a signature or a finisher and you go, he's just hit the, and then there's like two seconds of, of, uh, dead air. And then you'll just describe what the move literally was. Um, if there's times where you don't remember the terminology, I find if you just describe it literally, um, you'll just get away with it. Even if you just say like an inverted something or other, you can get away with it in the end. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. Night out for calling
5: in a great answer. Well, that absolutely and you know I've talked <laughs> yeah I mean yeah, it. the moral of the
2: story is if, you know if, if in doubt just make it up so. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well and it's interesting you know and I, and I kind of second that question when I thought when after he had said it because I'm thinking you know there's a friend of mine who asked if I wanted to kind of start learning some things about announcing as you know in the wrestling industry and that to me was one of my biggest you know, things as far as the nerves go. is like just trying to get the moves down. Like I know the wrestling moves, but, you know, you're in the middle of calling a match and you might have just a blank out moment where you might forget what a certain move is and you might, you know, the anxiety could kick in. And that's one of the big things for me that I would get worried about. But I don't think it would deter me too much because I just have such a passion for whatever I do.
2: Yeah, I, my sort of commentary style dictates that, like I said, I described it as a stream of consciousness. I sort of like to, when I say keep talking, not to the detriment of of the action, not to the detriment of, of what the viewers enjoying, um, but enough to keep like a, a, a good narrative going. And there are plenty of times, as, as I said tonight, Al, where you'll just you'll just blank, even on something basic, not necessarily a, a finish or anything. Um, They'll just even do an arm bar and you'll go, nice arm hold. <laughs> you know, you'll just trip over your words, but that's just the nature of it.
5: Right. And I got one more question for you before I uh, pass it on back to uh, my friend Nightmare. So,
0: mm-hmm.
5: you know, it's 2020 was hell with the pandemic. And it's still an ongoing thing, even though It's slowly starting to, you know, go down a bit. Things are starting to return to a little more of normalcy. For you, what's your biggest ambition, your biggest goal that you want to get out of
2: 2021? Um, Yeah, there you go. That's another good question. You guys have been full of good questions tonight, actually. I've appreciated that. Um, (laughs) Of course. I think it would just be um, to by, I I suppose, by virtue of your question, it would be by December 2021 to have just made enough progress with what I'm doing and what I'm serving, which is ultimately wrestling and to be in a position enough where I feel I can do more good work than ever. Um, I enjoy the creativity I'm afforded by um, the people I work with and the people I surround myself with. Um, and I enjoy um, and I've been very appreciative of the, the reception I've received from a lot of people. Um, podcasts like you guys, uh, plenty of other podcasts have been very receptive. Um, people online, the audiences I, I, I perform for. Um, so as long as I feel satisfied, the, the work I put in has yielded good results. And I'm not even talking financially. Um, I just I just really enjoy the satisfaction of doing a good job and being entertaining for people who want to be entertained. So I don't really have a full answer to that question. <laughs> ask, me, ask me in December, okay?
5: Right. I totally understand. It was a great answer. Don't worry. Um,
3: Jonesy, do you got anything else you would like to add to our esteemed guest? I do, I do um, so, you know, not only are you a announcer but you are the Booker slash promoter and the executive producer for uh, New Wave Pro Wrestling, so what made you want to get, go from being a announcer and a commentator to a Booker?
2: Um, I guess I'm just a, a, a masochist I guess <laughs> um, no, um, I was uh, fortunate to, uh, form a few good relationships at New Wave Pro at Terre Haute, Indiana. And, um, during the pandemic, um, the last, uh, in, on March 7th, 2020, New Wave Pro had, um, a show called Steel City Madness at the Terre Haute National Guard Armoury, and that was the last show for a few months for obvious reasons. Um, during that time, I just happened to write a, a script for a for the, uh, t- uh, wrestling taping production that I wanted to put on. And um, it happened with New Wave, and that's how the whole Higher Ground concept started that you can see on IWTV. Um, we only just released episode eight of Higher Ground today actually as well that came out on IWTV. Um and from then things just got very um, good for New Wave, Higher Ground became a success and the resulting shows um, and because of the good relationship I've cultivated and the hard work that we've done together and the great shows that we've put on together um, you know I'm happy to be a, a sort of big part of New Wave and work with the people that I do um, it's been a great experience so far. Uh, The booking and promoting thing has just uh, come about as a part of that, and that has been um, interesting, to say the least, of course. Um, But I wouldn't Mm -hmm. swap it for anything, honestly. I wouldn't swap it for anything in the world. It's uh, it's unique.
3: Yeah, you know, you, you were talking about IWTV. I absolutely love IWTV because it gives me the opportunity to watch promotions from all over the place that I wouldn't normally be able to, to watch. Like uh, there, there's a promotion in uh, Indiana that I watch. It's more of a hardcore promotion. And because of IWTV, I'm actually able to, to watch that. Uh, so, uh, you know, what's it like putting stuff on IWTV?
2: Yeah. I mean, you're right to identify It's It's a great service. It's a great site. Um, to have to have our stuff on there is is good. I uh, I enjoy watching it when it's uploaded. Um, yeah. We put a lot of time and effort into our productions, and um, it's nice to be represented in such a fashion. And they they do offer a great range, not just in the United States but worldwide as well. Um, so we always hope for a, you know good sort of a continuum relationship with a with a place like IWTV because it's the place to be at the moment. So.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else, Jeremy, or should we just go ahead and get into this, uh, this, uh, the rest of talk podcast game show challenge? I actually do not
5: because, I mean,
3: I'm just hyped for this.
5: Yes. It is almost that time for that, for the game show challenge. I just want to say it has been an absolute pleasure interviewing you, Earl. I know we all love, uh, hearing you talk and announce so it's been a great pleasure but you're, you're not done yet my friend because oh, you will be taking uh-oh. on is this, the is very young nightmare jones <laughs> the fun never ends around here i'll tell you that right now <laughs>
2: <laughs> bring it on i'm ready whatever it is i'm ready All right. Honestly.
5: Woo! okay hang on yeah, one I'm second so this, <laughs> this is my favorite all right, Hawks, be ready, but not yet? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the world-famous, world-renowned Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. <laughs>
0: I love it.
5: Okay, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants this evening are Nightmare Joe and the Liverpool lit himself, Earl Joseph. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you guys think you know the answer to the question, Shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's Game Show Challenge. And possibly I'll ask the third to see if somebody could go for a sweep. Now, in honor of tonight's guest, our Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is the Hoosier State. I will give background information about three professional wrestlers who hail from the state of Indiana. When you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. Jill, are
0: you ready?
2: Yes. Earl, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. (laughs) Uh,
5: All righty. Let's do this. Question number one. This professional wrestler was born in Gary, Indiana. He had an outstanding professional wrestling career that lasted over 40 years. Most professional wrestling fans know this man for teaming with Jumping Jim Brunzel as a member of the Killer Bees. He has also been the county commissioner for the Hillsborough County, Florida. (laughs) Presently, I know Joe's thinking. Presently, he is the president and CEO of the Cauliflower Alley Club. B Name
2: Brian him. B. It's um, Blair. B. Brian Blair, right? Did you just say that?
3: Yeah,
5: Joe did get it first, but he is correct. If I had it is not B. Brian Blair.
3: One, when they would have beaten me since we've had B. Brian Blair on the show multiple <laughs> <vulnerable> times.
0: <laughs>
3: that is true. <laughs> That's why I
5: could tell you were real... Like, the steam was coming out of your head on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, there's still you still got this, Earl. All right. Joe's up one zilch. Here we go. Question number two. This professional wrestler was born in Clarksville, Indiana. Known for her willingness to compete in hardcore intergender matches, this professional wrestler has competed... For IWA Mid South Combat Zone Wrestling, Mickey PNA. Knuckles. Did you said Mickey Knuckles, right?
3: Yep, that is correct. Man, Mickey Knuckles!
2: How can I forget Ooh. Mickey Knuckles? Oh, oh wow! I I okay. I did a show at um, AWR at Emerson Theater on Sunday with Mickey. Um, she had a hell of a match with Akira. A oh. hell of a match, honestly. It's insane. Nice, there nice. we go. I, I,
3: okay. I get to see both those, and uh, I get to see both of those wrestlers in a. Uh, there's a big wrestling show in West Virginia that they're both going to be at, so it's going to be pretty cool.
2: Oh, oh she's absolutely. great.
3: Yeah. she's great. All right, guys, we are not at. Oh, this is
5: going to be intense. We are knotted up one apiece. It's time to see who wins. All right. Question number 3. This professional wrestler was born in Hammond, Indiana. Drake
0: this man Lee. Be-
5: who? Drake Lee. No, oh god. No. I almost should <laughs> make you
3: lose just because you said that.
2: <laughs> this is- I know the answer. I know who it is. All right, who is Terry it? Funk?
3: Oh, my God. He got it. <laughs> what? Terry Funk is correct. You gave him the answer, didn't you? You sent him I the answer.
2: Know. No, no, no. All
1: I do is.
0: And they say that, and they say that, and they say that. They okay. So Earl,
5: explain to Joe why I didn't give you the answer and how you knew that that's where Terry Funk was from.
2: Well, I mean, I just know Terry Funk's from, from Indiana, but I I also reasoned that you're either going to say Hammond, Indiana, for Terry Funk or Bloomington, Indiana, for Mick Foley as the, as the tiebreaker. So when you said uh-huh. Hammond, I knew it was Terry Funk.
5: Okay. Uh-huh. Not too shabby.
2: Yeah, wow, I know. Was... Sorry, I know that's really <laughs> weird, but
5: No, it's okay. I'm look, we've had plenty of shutouts in the game show challenge. Uh usually Drake is the victim of it, so to have a close battle with the OG of the WTP, Nightmare Jones, that that's awesome. Absolutely awesome.
2: Do I do I get a belt Absolutely. or like a ceremony or some kind of award or? Okay.
5: <laughs> About that,
2: nightmares Jones will take
5: care of that part.
2: Yeah, talk to, talk to my agents honestly.
3: Uh, we will we'll, we'll email the
5: agent on that one.
3: <laughs> I, I tell I tell you I tell you what we will give you a autograph from the wrestler named Don't Die Miles. How about that?
2: That'd be great. I love, I love Mars. Uh, Mars is amazing in the ring, out the ring. Um, I've known Mars since uh, literally, um, I think day one when I started uh, my tryout in wrestling and he was there as well. Um, and he is uh, reaching new heights every single day, every single week, every single show. Um, and I couldn't be happier for him. He's a big part of what we do at new wave as well. He is the, uh, Crossroads champion, and uh, I'm always happy for him. I love him very much, you know.
0: Nice.
5: Awesome. Okay, so before we let you go, first off, it's going to be sad letting you go, because you've been just a wonderful guest tonight, and this has been so Thank you. much fun. Thank um, you. i got to ask, you know, as per tradition here on the Russell Talk podcast, where can the audience find you to, on social media? To keep tabs
2: on you, you know, that kind of get you out there. <laughs> yeah, um, they can keep tabs on me all all they want. I always project a professional, on brand message. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter uh, at the Liverpool Lip. Um, Facebook, I'm just Earl Joseph, and then I have like a separate page, L Joseph the Liverpool Lip. Um, I don't like use Instagram. I don't have like a professional accounts um so yeah just uh, twitter mainly is where you find most of or well no you'll find all the updates about the shows i'm doing uh what's happening other shows that are going on in the midwest as well um so that's the best place to find me online
5: all righty well thank you so much earl for being on the show this evening it has been a great pleasure
2: no thank you genuinely uh, i've had a really good time uh that quiz was was fun i enjoyed that uh, and, and thank you for your questions as well they were very insightful and uh, i enjoyed answering them so uh, i hope um at some point in the future you know I, i'd love to come back on sometime if, if you'll have me again oh
5: we'd love you love you to be back on whenever you're available
2: absolutely great 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 um but yeah um you know, to, to the observers, I'll um I'll be in Tampa for Flophouse and Crab Wrestling. New Wave Pro have uh, right here, right now on May 22nd with Mike Bennett, Cole Radrick, Jordan Oliver, Don't Die Miles. And AWR's back on April 18th as well. So uh, that's where I'll be.
5: All righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Earl Joseph, the Liverpool Lip, the most charismatic man in Indiana and expanding in the Midwest. Here on the Wrestle Talk podcast.
3: Well, how about that, Z? Man, oh, man, oh, man. I still think you gave him the answer. Oh, I didn't get... You know what? That's a Drake
5: Lee thing, okay? To complain about whether anyone hosting gave him the answer. I didn't do a damn thing, okay? Gosh. Oh, it's so hostile. The g put?
1: That's what I'm saying. Call me.
5: <laughs> well, I'm just going to say this. And J, and, and Haas, this goes for you too. The three of us I've had a lot of fun tonight, and it's been a pleasure of mine to uh, co-host alongside both of you this evening. It has really been a blast. You know, we've had two amazing guests, two amazing co-hosts uh, alongside me, and I greatly appreciate it.
3: Yes, it has been a amazing, amazing, amazing show. You you've done absolutely amazing, show, you are Number one, you are the best. I'm telling
5: you. I appreciate that. It means so much to me. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you succeed. Ladies and gentlemen, he's Nightmare Jones. Running the boards and being on the mic, it's Hardcore Hoss. And I am the maestro of the microphone, Jeremy Carp. Remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Peace, love, and we'll see you next time on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Have a good night, everybody.
1: Hey! Remake! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, Listen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can shoot all your shots and... Yeah, they call us down. By all means, we some kings and our table is round. Wanna float to the top? There's a chance we might drown. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm -hmm. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm -hmm. When the dark touch the ground, we come round. Mm -hmm. When When the dark touch Everybody knows that I'm the baddest right now Everybody knows that I would never back down Everybody knows that There really is no crown Even if there was one They need to sit the fuck down Down now They need to sit the fuck down
6: Clowns